There is no next without making the destination or expected outcome very clear. At Go Church, we are on the journey of our lives with focus, determination, and drive. And it is imperative that we clearly define the goal, salvation. To get there, we must help you understand who we are and what we are all about. We are building a Jesus community to serve the world. The question is, are you ready to go? You all do it. Oh, okay. It's only Pastor Sharon guys. Oh, who said something here? Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, uh, good morning, everybody. Again, thank God for you. You're welcome to church. And um, for those who traveled, you are all welcome back. It's good to see you and have you and fellowship with you. For those who are fellowship with us online, we just want to also welcome you and thank you from wherever you're watching. We thank God for you. We praise God for you. And um, um, I just believe that God is still in charge. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, we are on the third stage or the third level of the series we are doing, Go Next. And um, uh, if, if you have been following, you will discover that we were using an allegory of a journey, that we are on a journey. But the journey is... Uh, Miss Megan, good to see you. I thought you had, <laughs> I never knew I would see Miss Megan. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we're on, on a journey, on an allegory of uh, a journey uh, in this new dispensation or this new era of Go Church. And um, we, we stated very uh, clearly uh, that um, we're going somewhere and we need to make the destination very clear. And um, if you have been uh, following uh, you will discover that there are certain things that we have said. I just want to quickly rehash what we did, uh, what we said last week. And some of the takeaways for last week that we saw was that number one, number one takeaway I just want to quickly rehash is that your identity plus your purpose leads to what? Anybody following? Oh my God. All right, don't worry, I didn't mean to embarrass you leads to predictable actions, all right? And predictable actions always results in predictable outcomes, all right? So if you, if you want to know where you're going, you have to make your identity tight and make your purpose very clear. With that, that will lead to, you know, a predictable action. And again, you can go from the back and go up again. We did a Z, right? You can go from the back and go to the front, which is that if you see actions, or if you see, um, if you see people's, uh, people's outcomes, it is always a way to guess what their what is, their identity, and their purpose. And we, we, we broke all of that down. If you, if you need a refresher, just go back to last week and, and, and look at it. Then another thing I want to say about uh, last week, continuation of last week, is that um, 
we said that from last week we started looking at the signposts because if you want to get a proper direction of where you're going you need a signpost sometimes and i told you about my condition i don't need to let you i don't need to let you in again all right if you want to know it go back there <laughs> and see uh and see but generally i don't i don't get directions very well and because of that i need my uh, gps but sometimes my gps does not work in some certain areas so and for many of us who are in situations where where uh, where we don't have directions and all of that we need to be able to create direction and one thing that will help you in your direction is the signposts that are there along the uh, along the way signposts you know all right and the first signpost we looked at last week was what can you remember everyone is welcomed that's the first signpost on the journey to where we're going. If you're on this road and everyone is not welcome, you're on the wrong road. You're on the wrong direction. If you're in a place where everyone is not welcomed, where we are not open to receiving people, we're not open to allowing people to express themselves, we're not making this place a welcome place, then we are, we are on the wrong direction. We're never going to get to our destination because our direction is right. It's like I said again, it's like going to Florida. You want to go to Disneyland, but you're headed 75 North. Guess what will happen? You will never get to Disney, Disney, right? Because you're on the wrong direction. Even though your purpose is right, even though your intention is right, you know where you are going, you have paid for it, the car is good, or the flight is good, you're everything. But you went to Hartsfield International Airport and flew a plane that's going to Memphis. All right? So one of the things that helps us to understand on this signpost is that what? Is that everyone is welcome. And on this signpost, there are some addendums there on the signpost that everyone is welcome. And that is number one. God wants everybody and therefore you should, you should want everybody to. Amen. God wants everybody to come. Sometimes we just argue about, you know, small church, big church, and all that. No. Quality does not undermine quantity. Oh, sorry. Quantity does not undermine quality. We can see that in the life of Jesus. Everybody was welcomed with Jesus. It does not matter what your destiny is. The Bible tells us that, um, that neither male nor female, Jews or Gentiles, but Christ is all and in all in us. So everybody's welcome. And we saw Jesus Christ, if you want to go back, just go back and look at it. We saw how Jesus Christ you know, embraced everybody, both the prostitute, the rich, the poor, the Pharisee, Everybody was gathered around him. And we ended last week with, if Jesus were to be alive now, some of us that are sitting right down here now, we'll write him off. Because he does not look like what we think somebody in the Jesus community should look like. All right? Now, the next thing we looked at is that everyone means everyone. There are no fine prints. Am I correct to remember that? Yeah. No fine prints. Because a lot of times we're like insurance people in church where you get all the things they tell you all that you're qualified for and then underneath it they just write some things that you cannot read it's not meant to be read and then it is when you want to get what you need to get that they will now come and you say oh you know you did not read these fine prints and then you find that you're in the hook for something you did not actually bargain for all right and that's what a lot of people sometimes when they come to church they figure out that we want everybody to come but you don't look like me. You want everybody to come, but you don't dress right. We want everybody to come, but, you know, and the buts, buts, buts just uh, keeps going. And then the last one we uh, looked at is, uh, the, the last one we looked at is that uh, uh, in a Jesus community, everybody is responsible for making it a welcoming place. 
it's not just the pastor, it's not just the leaders, it's not just the ushers, but everybody has a part to play and everybody has a role to play in making that Jesus community a welcome place. And we ended with the fact, with the question last week, and the question was, what do you think your role is to make this place a welcoming place? All right, so we go to the second signpost. We are still on the journey. The first journey is everyone is welcome. The second journey, or the second signpost on this journey is that, can, you, can anybody guess? All right, okay, no, you were not with me when I was writing my notes. But the second, the second signpost is this. No one is perfect. We are all growing. So the first one is what? Everyone is welcome. Number two, no one is perfect, but we are all growing. But we are all going. We're all, we're all going, we're all growing. Okay, good. Okay, thank you for the adjustment. <laughs> all right. One thing you will know is that when everyone is welcomed, you cannot but deal with a mess. When everyone is welcome, there's always a mess. There are so many good parts to everyone being welcomed, but there's also the messy part that we need to deal with. And unfortunately in church for many of us is that we have only focused our attention on the things that are messy, the things that are not working. And in even focusing on that, we are not actively providing solutions to make it work. But the truth is, if we are going to deal with people because of people's backgrounds, where they're coming from, what is going on with them, because of you know, their experiences in life, because of their dispositions in life, guess what will happen? People will always be different and they will not be perfect. If you ask me as a human being, as a person, what area of you know, your life or value or character have you, you think you have nailed down? You know, I will tell you, I think I'm a very patient person. Until two years back, or was it three years back? Then I knew I had to do a lot of work on that. How many of you, uh, if, you uh, if you have kids who are above 16 years and all of that, how many of you taught your children how to drive? Okay. Oh, okay, you did. How was the experience? Was it very good? Was it very, very challenging? Very frustrating? <laughs> now, until then, until I started teaching my children how to drive, I did not know that I was not patient. <laughs> because I thought I was very patient. I now figured out that I knew how to yell. <laughs> I figured out that I was an expert, even though I thought that I had overcome it. I figured out that Except with the holding of the Holy Spirit, it's very easy for me to give somebody a slap. <laughs> you know, but, but God helped me, I didn't, go that, I, get, I didn't go that far. But you know, there are so many things that are just going on in your head and all of that. And, 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 and I'm saying it, 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 it's funny now, but the truth is, what I'm trying to say, what I discovered about myself is that there's nobody that's perfect, there's no area of your life where you are perfect, everybody needs improvement in every area of their lives. Amen. And because of these imperfections that we go through, like for me and all of that, because of this imperfection that we go through, we need to be patient with ourselves and give ourselves time to be able to become what God wants us to become not what you want your neighbor to become. Because too many times we have standards for people that are not even godly. 
We have standards for people that are just born out of how we feel, the way we do what we do, and what we think is right. All right, uh, can, you, can you open with me? I, I, I didn't give you this, uh, I didn't give you this um, uh, uh, scripture, but open with me to Romans 14, verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. We'll look at from verse 1 to 3. Romans 14. Look at what it said. Receive one who is weak in the faith but not to dispute over, the, let me have this in, in, um, in NI, NLT, NLT, NLT. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. It is not in your place. Number two, verse two. For instance, one person believes this. Now, I want you to know this. Paul is giving you the least lowest denominator of what people argue about. These are not even, these are not even very strong things, but it just tells you how imperfect we are, and the things that are important to us are really not important about the things of God, the things we fight about, the things we look at, the things we observe about other people, the things we uh, try to get from other people are not even really the important things. Look at what it says. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another, believe with a, uh, another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Number three. For those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. Amen. And those who don't eat certain food must not condemn those who do. For God accept, has accepted them. Quickly show me number four. Number four, and to help me. Who are you to condemn someone as a servant? They are responsible to the Lord. So he, uh, so let him judge whether they are right or wrong. And with the Lord's help, they will do what is right and will receive his approval. Now, that is the most important thing that I wanted to see. He said what? With the Lord's help they will do what is right. It is not in your place to convert people and make them look like you. It's not in your place. It is God. It is God that does that. That's right. Too many times we put our energy on things that are really not important or things that are beyond us or things that we cannot do. I know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but guess what? It is not in your place. Jesus has not conferred that authority to you to be able to change anybody. God does the changing and he does the approval. If we live this way and we begin to see that it is other, somebody else's servant, we're all God's children, we're all God's servant, guess what happens? It is easier for us to live more in unity like the early church did. And we're saying that in this Jesus community, in this Jesus community, Based on, if, if you go back home, go and read, uh, go and read this, the, this whole book of Romans, chapter 14, and then the, the early part of verse, uh, uh, chapter 15, all right? Now, in this Jesus community, what are we saying? Here, in this Jesus community, we are saying in this Jesus community that number one, we don't judge one another. Amen. We don't judge one another, Amen. all right? We may correct one another, but we don't judge. Because judgment has to do with a negative part. You, you, you just conclude somebody's case from a negative point of view. 
But the Bible is not telling us. It's not in our place to do it. You cannot condemn. You cannot judge. Alright? So number one, we don't condemn. We may correct, but we don't condemn. Number two, we don't condemn. We restore. Galatians 6 says, anything you are, if you are relating with your brother, either something goes wrong or something is not right or you feel things are not going, it is not in your place to condemn. It is in your place to restore. Everything, the, anything that is not restorative is not godly. It has to be restorative. We have to look for how to restore one another. All right? You read that from Galatians uh, uh, 1.6. If you go home, you can read that. And then, um, in a Jesus community, we can criticize ourselves. But it has to be constructive. Because criticism, what is criticism? Criticism is just, you know, you're just saying, you're just pointing out what is not working. You're pointing out what is not okay. You're pointing out what is not right. But what are you going to do about it? It's not just enough to point out. Jesus met the woman, you know, uh, uh, the woman who was, who, who, who was caught in adultery. She said, I, I just said, did anyone condemn you? He said, no. He said, okay, neither do I condemn you. However, he gave her the solution. He gave her what to do. However, Go and sin no more. Too many times we just point out what is wrong in our brother's eyes and we don't give the solution or we don't try to help to figure out how do we work things out. That is not the way a Jesus community functions. In the Jesus community, it functions that when we point out something that is not right, we also provide a way that we can do it. And if all you can do is just point out what is not wrong, remember, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7. A lot of times, for many of us, when our focus is just predominantly on what is wrong with others, if you check very well, there's a log in your eye. If you check very well, there's a log in your eye. So what are we saying? What am I saying? Am I saying that, you know, we should just allow people free course? No, you will get there. You're just getting too much ahead of time. <laughs> All right? We will see. All right? So, like I said, number one, we don't judge. Number two, we don't condemn. And number three, we, con we, 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 we criticize constructively. In other words, we let people know that this is not right, this is wrong, but however, this is how we try and create a, we try and create, um, a, a, a way out uh, uh, for that and all of that. So. Uh, before I go to the next point, I just want to quickly want to let you. I just quickly want to let you see certain things. If you look at Jesus, Christ, Jesus dealt with a lot of mess, right? He wanted everybody to come, but as the more people came, the more mess he had to deal with. If you don't believe me, read your Bible very well, right? You'll find out that uh, Peter had a very annoying behavior, right? Very annoying because he was too forward. He was too. He was too. You know, um, he, he, he was too. He, he, he gives, he, he puts his mouth where he, he doesn't belong, right? <laughs> he likes to jump forward. He likes to be ahead of time. He likes to show that, you know, I know it and all of that. However, at the end of the day, you know those kind of people who are very forward, who want you to know that, you know, they know and all of that kind of stuff and things like that. And when the rubber meets the road, they fail you. Peter was well, that kind of a guy. Remember James and John? Sons of thunder, all they were all looking for is just power. And they were not looking for power for the good for the good use of power, they were looking for power to abuse power. They were power abusers. You remember Philip? Philip was with Jesus for so many years. 
After a while, he came and said, Jesus, come. I really want to ask you something. Show me the Father. And you could see a little bit of frustration in the voice of Jesus. I said, have you, have you been with me all this while? And you don't know the Father. What about Thomas? I'm just listing all these things for you to know that when you say all should come, there will always be a mess. But how do you handle it? Here, we want to handle it the way Jesus handled it. Jesus had a thief that was in the midst, keeping the money. He was not only a thief, he was a betrayer. That's how bad he was. And guess what? Jesus still had compassion on him. Because he knew it was only God that could change him. If God could not do it, he could not do it. Look at Paul. Paul said, I've become all things to all men. That I may win some. Look at how terrible the Corinthian church was. It was a bad situation. The Thessalonians had their problems. A different problems continued uh, differently, right? The Ephesians ended up being, you know, one of, the, one of the most promising churches that became one of the biggest disappointments. But yet, he was still able to soldier on and figure out God, how God will do it. He never gave up, especially on the Ephesians church. He never gave up on the Ephesians church. He had to keep sending messengers there to help him adjust it, to make it, because what? Paul had a belief in what God can do through a man or woman that is ready to allow God to use them. Amen. And here we believe in everybody. We believe in the potential of everybody. We believe in the God that is in everybody Amen. and what God can do in the life of everybody. And so whether you are you're rich, you're poor, you're famous, you're not, whatever the situation is, we want to tell you that here you count. Amen. And we want you to know that we'll do all that we can to make sure that you get to where God wants you to get to. That's what the Jesus community is. Too many times we don't believe in humanity. Oh, you know, I, I, you know people have hurt me here. People, are, yeah, that will be there. It, it will happen. It will always be there. People will disappoint you. Your children will even disappoint you. Actually, those of us, you know, those of us, some of us, uh, there's so many of us, uh, okay, uh, let me just say, we want our children to be doctors and then they grow up, they want to study Arabic. <laughs> and then you're so disappointed. And you're like, what, what is going on here? What is happening here? But guess what? I want us to believe in human beings. I want us to believe in people. Actually, people that God brought into, brought into our midst. Um, so many of us, um, like I always say, cars are the most dangerous weapons that people you can ever use in the world, you can ever see. Your car is a weapon of mass destruction. Uh, you don't know that? Oh, okay. And, <laughs> But because cars have their disadvantages, or that kind of a disadvantage, does not mean the advantage does not over, overwhelm the disadvantage. And that's why so many of us, we buy, we know that speed kills, we buy cars that still, you know, we pay, more, we pay premium for cars that will still speed. 
fast and all of that. You know why? Because what cars can do, when cars came into, into existence, it just completely changed the composition of the human existence because it helps us to be able to do more than we thought we could do. It helps us, get to the, it helps us to be able to get farther than we thought we could ever get to. All right? And so that's what I'm saying about people. When you, people are going to disappoint you, just like your car sometimes. Sometimes you go and start it, it will not start. You are afraid of going to the mechanic to go and fix it and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is that your car still has a lot of advantages, especially if you live in Georgia. And that's why people, ask, that's why we should look at people. We should look at people with that kind of mentality too. That people may not be doing right now. People may not be working right now. Number one, it is not in my place to make them do right. It is in God's place. All I need to do is to help them and refer them to God. That's number one. And then number two, if I'm just patient enough for God to be able to get hold of that person, guess what will happen? There's going to be a turnaround. And what that person can do or can bring to the table will be much greater than what you ever think in your life. Because God has not given up on people. He will not give up on people and he will not give up on anybody. Amen. Now, on the other end, if you are a child of God, you are in a Jesus community like we said, we said, nobody's perfect, but we're all growing. If, on the other hand, you don't have an intention to grow, you are interested in remaining where you are, you have been a Christian for only God knows when, and you're still the same thing yesterday. Now, God wants us to be like him. But he does not want us to be like him in a negative end. In other words, you are like him yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, the way you are yesterday, the issues that people keep worrying about yesterday, happens today, happens tomorrow, happens forever, there is a problem. And you need to confront it. Amen. 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 You cannot be the same person yesterday, today, and forever. You need to change because what God told us to do, the reason why God created us and left us here, I mean, the reason why God got us saved and left us here in Romans 8, he told us that those whom he has predestinated, he also, uh, those whom he foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. If you are not conforming to the image of Jesus Christ daily in everything that you are doing, there is a problem. And it needs to be confronted. There is a problem. Because we say everybody is welcome, then you just come there and just sit down and, you know, you are not changing. You are not growing. You are not going anywhere. You have become a hindrance to what God wants to do. There is a problem. And that problem needs to be confronted. We need to be growing in our spiritual life daily. We need to be increasing in the knowledge of God daily. We need to be improving daily. Because if we don't do that, we are not quickly going to achieve the unity that God 
who wants us to achieve. We need to have a growth mindset every time. Hallelujah. Some of the things, quickly before my time leaves, some of the things that I just want us to, uh, to note before we, we go, some things uh, that, that I want us to note here before we go, is this. Number one, in the Jesus community, everyone needs to forbear one another in love. In the Jesus community, we need to forbear one another in love. And the truth is, there's no forbearing without foregoing. It doesn't happen. If you are going to forbear something, if you are going to forbear people, you have to forego. What are we foregoing? We are foregoing things the way we see them. We want to see every man after Christ. Paul said, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, but after Christ. All right? And in the same way, we need to forego how we see people and begin to see them the way Christ saw them or the way Jesus sees them. Because if we don't do that, we are going to miss God in everyone. Because every one of us carries God on our inside. Every one of us has God on his inside. And I want us in this community to be able to recognize that. That we look past your actions. We look past what is going on in you. And we see that thing that God puts in you. And that is even the very person of God that's present on you, in, inside you. So number one thing I want you to note as we leave now is that, is what? Can you, can you remind me? Can anybody remind me? I just said it a few minutes ago. Forbear one another in love. Forbear one another in love. And Paul helps us to be able to understand it from Ephesians chapter 4. If you look at Ephesians uh, chapter 4 from verse 1 to 3. Uh, can you, okay. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of his calling. For you have been called by God. Look at that, verse 2. Always be humble and gentle. This is what I want you to see now. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance. Can you see that? Making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. All right? Number three. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. What is Paul telling us here? We are going to all miss it. We are going to all make mistakes. There's nobody that is perfect. All right? But we have to intentionally want to grow. We have to intentionally want to grow. Um, I remember quickly, I remember, um, uh, if, if you know me, you know, I, have, I, I don't live a very complicated life. I live a very simple life, a very uninteresting life. One of the things I do is that I ride my bike. And until, until recently, I was riding the, until recently, you know, I started riding my bike, I think about, you know, some years back or a few years back. And, but until recently, I did not convert to what is called a clipless cleat. I wasn't using the bicycle, uh, the, the, the bicycle, the shoes that I meant to, you know, for, for, for riding. All right. And I just didn't see any reason why I should do it and all of that. I felt I was okay. All right. But later on, when I read about it, I now discovered that that was much more advantageous than just wearing my normal canvas or sneakers and all of that to ride and all that. So I decided to go in and do that. And when I, when I did that, guess what happened to me? Can anybody guess? Oh yeah, I fell off the bike. <laughs> not once, not twice, not three times. 
I mean, I fell off continuously and continuously. <laughs> you know why? Because I felt I knew everything about the bike. And it was easy. But guess what? I repeated the same mistake every time. Every time. The same mistake while I was falling was what I repeated every time. In fact, my wife, when I go home and I tell my wife, look, I, you know I fell today. And she... <laughs> She'd be like, you better stop me. <laughs> but you see, I was so, I was so, I was so, um, I was so determined to get it. So I'm just using that as an allegory for us. It is not falling that is a problem. It is remaining in that state of fall that is a problem. Amen. The Bible says the righteous will fall seven times. Yes. So it's not that you're going to make a mistake or you're not going to make, that's not the issue. The issue is what are you doing when you fall? Now I can tell you I'm an expert in. <laughs> but that's after, uh, after so many bruised egos. Thank God it wasn't a bruised body, but it was bruised egos. <laughs> All right, so we must forbear ourselves in love because we'll always fail. We'll always, you know, we'll always go wrong uh, sometimes. All right, number two. In the Jesus community, Everyone is steadfastly committed to grow. Now, that's, that's tautological if you, if you steadfastly and committed. You know, they're the same word. They are, they are synonyms, right? They can be synonym. But everyone is steadfastly committed to growing. Everyone wants to grow. If, there's a, if you're in a Jesus community and everyone is not intentionally, steadfastly committed to growing up in the things of God, there is a problem. There is a problem that needs to be fixed. Everyone is steadfastly committed to grow. The third thing I want you to note, I want you to uh, um, um, observe, which is why I'll spend a few minutes. That's why I, I skipped number two without explaining much. Uh, number three is this. In the Jesus community, everyone, and especially this Jesus community, Everyone is committed to accountability. You cannot grow, you cannot increase if you're not accountable. We are accountable to one another. We should be accountable to ourselves. In our families. Jesus said it. Jesus said, I mean, Paul said it. He said we should submit to one another. In the church here, we should be able to submit ourselves for people to speak to our lives. Guess what? Because if you are too big for somebody to be able to speak to your life, guess what? Get what the inference is. You are too big for God to speak to your life. If somebody is afraid to walk to you, you don't give them permission to be able to, 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 to speak to your life. Because, you know, iron sharpens iron. If nobody in this community or in whatever community you, you are in is able to talk to you or able to speak to you, is not permitted to, uh, to, to say something, to contribute without you getting offended or without you getting, uh, 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 you know, irritated or without you concluding that the intentions were wrong, all right, 
it's very difficult for you to be able to hear the Holy Spirit. When I do marriage counseling, the very first thing I ask people, the very first question I ask anybody I do marriage counseling with, the very first, you know what the very first question is that I ask? The question I ask is, who are your friends? And what are the level or the depth of the relationships that you have with those people? And a lot of times for people who don't have people around them, who there are nobody who can speak to them, guess what? Your wife or your husband will not be able to speak to you. So what am I saying? Now, am I saying that, you know, in everything that you do, you have to look for somebody to tell, that's not what I'm talking about. All right? I'm not saying, you know, you have to, um, you know, the way you spent your money in Costco or Kroger and all of that, you have to come and tell somebody, you know, I spent $30. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Right? I'm not talking about those kind of things, but I'm saying that you have to be humble enough, like Paul said in First Corinthians, in, in Ephesians chapter 4. You have to be humble enough. You have to have people around you that, are, that you're open to, to speak to you, to talk to you, to be able to say something. Even when you are not agreeing with them, at least be opened. Can find that. Can you open Proverbs for me? Then I'll end with that. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. I'll just end with that. Proverbs 12, 15. I see that this place is very sober this afternoon or this morning. Proverbs 12, 15. Look at what Proverbs is saying. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listens to others. And I know we all want to be wise people here. Yes. Because in a Jesus community, we are filled with wise people because of the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Fools think their own way is right. But the wise listens to others. You have to listen. Folks, it's not just about you. It's not about me. It's about God and it's about us. And what should be uh, flowing from us, what should be coming from us is how well are we moving together collectively? How well is the group doing, not how well am I doing? Because if the group does well, you are going to do much better. How well am I contributing to my church? How well am I elevating others? How well do I want to improve the life of others? How well do I want to make Jesus relevant to the, lives of, to the life of others, to the lives of others? It's really important that we ponder down those questions and take those attention off of us. Because to be honest with you, God has given you all that he can give you. But we need to be able to look out for others. That's what the scripture tells us. We need to be able to look out for others. We look out for ourselves. Like I said last week, in closing, like I said last week, the thing that brought the church from obscurity to be the most important institution that has ever existed 
in the history or in the human experience is the same thing that almost destroyed the nascent church in Jerusalem. The same thing. It was just that that thing was flipped after a while. And what was it? Because they were not caring for themselves in the early church. They never looked out for each other. They looked out for themselves. The Jews were looking out for the Jewish women. The Grecians were looking for the Jewish women. And it became a problem. And then that's where we had to have Dickens. Dickens is not something that's, you know, that was written in the scriptures. They had to bring that in to make sure that administratively things worked out right. All right? That will have destroyed the church. But compared to the church history that we read later on, how that the church became a place where everybody began to find solace. The rich could come. The poor had a place. The slaves had something. I told you about the story last week. I told you about the story of Onesimus and, and Philemon. Right? How that worked out. Everybody had a place there. And it made the church to thrive. And what is going to make us thrive here? It is not you growing and going by yourself. It is all of us going together. And looking out for one another. And helping one another. And forbearing one another. And improving with one another. Next week we'll go to go next four. We'll see what happens. God bless you.